Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bye, Eagles. Bye. I think that's the appropriate way to start off this morning on First Take. You good, Shay Shay? I'm great. I got news for you as we sit here on this Tuesday morning for First Take. I mean, Molly thinks that she's fly as hell. I know you think you fly as hell. We all know I believe I fly as hell. And we don't have a damn thing on that dude. Jeff Saturday, they try to let people, I don't know if it's People Magazine or something, they calling the brother one of the sexiest men alive. What the hell is this world coming to? <laughs> we are. are they didn't know what they said about Jeff Saturday. Thanks for that, 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 that guy right there. Wow. That guy right there. How many men alive? I, I, I don't know. I thought first take had achieved it all. Lord, what is this world coming to? First takes in the house. Holla at your boys. Oh, yeah. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into First Take. Coming to you live from New York City with my guy, Super Bowl champ Jeff Saturday. Oh, there's Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. How we doing, S.A.? Who, who the Hall of Famer, Shannon Sharp. Me. Yes. yes Hollywood, Hollywood sitting yes. next to you. Hollywood sitting next to you, Molly. I mean, I'm just um, I'm a little old actually, innocent Stephen A here. Actually, We're get it right, storm. Stephen A. It's called Mollywood, all right? So just settle <laughs> down, all right? Let's get with it. He's off the chain already. She, 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 she did it. You heard me, Shannon. Shannon, you heard me. Molly, you were like, yeah, that's kind of dope. How are you doing today? Shannon, how are you? Shannon, I'm good. Shannon, I was just wondering, I don't know if you saw who's number one in men's basketball. Oh, there we go. Were you able to see that? I was just curious if you saw it. Who's number one, Molly? Oh, University yes. of Connecticut, the UConn Huskies okay. just want to you know, okay. put some respect wow. on the only, number That's one. the only okay. reason anybody knows March, where the Shannon. hell stores Connecticut is. Yes. But let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Women's basketball. No, the men's. Men. The men's yeah. number one. Just, yeah. Yeah. Shannon, get with the Shannon, get with the program, okay? This is first take. Like uh, Pat McAfee is gonna be here with us in just a bit, and my guy Kendrick Perkins to talk some Perk. NBA. Guys, you know we we're starting last night, the game that was on our air, the wild card one. The Eagles season certainly ended on a downward trajectory. After a 32-9 loss to the Buccaneers, Philly's second largest playoff loss in franchise history. So listen to this. After a 10-1 start, the Eagles lost six of their last seven games. Nick, after the loss, are you concerned about your future in Philly? We're talking J-O-B. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Um, again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. You know, as the head coach, uh, I'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now, um, you know, through a, through a tough time. I think for us this year, I just don't think we've played well enough. Um, the identity, um, the consistency, um, the execution for us, um, the turnovers, um, everything, all of those come into play when you're talking about um, having an opportunity to, to win championships. And, um, you know, it's something, that, uh, something we have to be able to learn from. All right. S.A., talk to me. Who should be held most accountable for Philly's collapse? 
Well, listen, um, it, it would be easy to point to the defense. I'm, I'm going to put it on the head coach, Shannon. Okay. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to just do that simply because I know you lost both uh, uh, both of your coordinators. You made an in-season change. You put Matt Patricia on the defensive side of the ball, which was a disaster. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, Jeff Saturday, Shannon Sharp, not only have I never played football, I never tried other than throwing a football down in the streets. In, right. in the streets, hanging with my boys. I ain't never tried to play football. And I could tackle better than them damn Philadelphia mm, Eagles. Yes. I mean, I've ne- I don't know if I've ever watched a football game in the National Football League in my life where I saw as many missed tackles. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Baker Mayfield, who obviously threw for over 300 yards, threw three touchdowns, and, and, and played an outstanding game. Yeah. But some of the passes that, that he threw, I mean, look at the missed tackles. Look at the missed tackles. I mean, one, two. Two, three missed tackles on multiple touchdowns. Yes. And, and, and that, to me, is so flagrant. We, you, you can talk about things schematically because we looked at the Dallas Cowboys and we saw Green Bay Packers receivers wide open. In the case of the Philadelphia Eagles, folks are right there. They literally can't tackle. They didn't go for the legs. They weren't doing anything. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Offensively, they didn't convert one single third down. They were mm. 0 for 9 on the evening. They weren't getting anything going. A.J. Brown wasn't available, obviously. Devontae Smith was your guy. Had one big catch. We get all of that. But he was relatively limited. You just look at them. There was no running game. You didn't call any running games. I got to look at the head coach because on both sides of the ball, they seemed Ill, ill-prepared, and more importantly, they didn't know how to tackle. And last time I checked in the National Football League, you have to know how to tackle. You, they didn't know how to do that. That's what it comes down to to me. They've been discombobulated one in six over their last seven games. Right. Okay, giving up an average of 30 points per game. I have to look at the head coach ultimately. Of course, you can look at Howie Roseman as well because what kind of personnel did you give them? We know they were weak on the backside of the, uh, defensively. But in the end, it comes down to Sirianni right now. And, and I think this man is in trouble because of it, guys. Guys, the, the, the Eagles were that car. You know when your check battery light come on, your warning lights come on, mm-hmm. and as long as the car is going, you don't stop and take care of it, do you? No, sir. You continue to go on. The battery light was on. You're like, man, the car running fine. Yes, it wasn't until it put them down last night, 32 to 9, that you say, man, what's going on with the Eagles? There were things going on with the Eagles all year, but you failed to over, you overlooked it because they were winning. Even when I told you you were accepting things and wins, you never would in the loss. Oh, man, you, you man, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. Man, we, 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 go, we going back to the Super Bowl. I'm saying, look, you're back in. You're turning the ball over more than you ever did. Midway through the season, Jalen Hurts had more turnovers in six or seven games than he had all of last year. You yeah. weren't running the ball with the same conviction. Your offensive line wasn't nearly as violent as it was. And secondly, your defense. They weren't taking it away. You were giving it away. And that last night, that, that's effort. You look at guys, yes. guys, I mean, cornerbacks just yes. putting hands out there. They weren't trying to put pads on anybody. Yes, right. They're just like, oh, you'll go down. I mean, that, that effort that Brad Barry and them put on tape last night, that's embarrassing. That's the kind of effort that'll get you up out of Philly. That's, right. that's yeah. the kind of effort that'll get you up, that will have you looking for having you being a free agent yep. when it's really not your turn. But they gave up on the coach. They, they, gave, they, they, they gave up. And it, it is disappointing because those are some things that you could have fixed. That is, that's, that's, that's really, really bad last night. And it's easy to say, Sirianni, guys, it, it really is because he's, he's low-hanging fruit. Because I'm not so sure that Philly really, really embraced him after that, uh, that first press conference. But he did get to a Super Bowl last year. Right. So it's hard for me to say that he's totally to blame. You're right. They did lose some coordinators. But I'm going to put it on the players. 
Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. We don't give the players nearly as much blame as we give them credit. Because when they're playing well, we give the players, oh, look how well Jalen Hurst is playing. Look at the addition of A.J. Brown. Look at yada, yada, yada. But the moment the players don't hold up their end of the deal, oh, it's Sirianni, it's Brian Johnson, it's the new D coordinator. No, you didn't give them credit when they were playing well. You talked about how well the players were playing. Players, this is on you, and we do not do a good enough job Saturday of holding players accountable when things go wrong. Yeah, now, listen, I, I love what both of y'all said, but I'm, I'm going to go even higher. I'm going to start with Roseman and bring it on down, right? Like when, okay. when you think about what they had at the linebacker position, what they had at the defensive back, at the safety position in particular, you, to your point, Shannon, and you said it, I'll, I'll give you full credit. You, and listen, there's, there's things you're accepting that you wouldn't accept. And you saw teams attacking that portion of your team repeatedly and decided we're not going to make a change or we're not going to do something different. Then midway through, you make a change in defensive coordinator, put Sean Desai up in the box. You know, now Matt Patricia's the guy, and all of a sudden we're going to try to relaunch learn whatever we're going to be on defense midway through the season, which is always a disaster. But but I'll say this. I think I think there's equal blame to go around all the way. And it goes to Sirianni as well, to your point, because you can't go over on third down, especially an offensive uh, a, a head coach like he is. But man, like like where was your identity through the through the last seven weeks, right? And and where were you? Where did you understand how do we get this thing fixed and how do we stop the 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 the, the nonsense that we keep putting out? The biggest indictment for me on Sirianni and for the entire team is the identity of the offense because you knew your defense was weak. So you're just trying to kind of plug the holes and trying to figure this out. But you knew you had a top five offensive line in Philadelphia. You never use them. I mean, 10 runs to Swift last night, 10 runs. And by the way, the last two games you played in particular, you played Wink Martindale and you played Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is going to blitz you when you get off the bus to when you get on the plane to go home. No different than Wink Martindale. Going to blitz you all day, every day. No regard for risk. None of that. They're going to bring it. And there was no plan, right? Like defenses aren't scared if you throw checkdowns versus a blitz as opposed to giving you something, whether it's a QB run out the back or a shot down the middle of the field. They had one to Devontae Smith that we we showed as a 50-something yarder, which was his biggest play. But as you look at this team, where were the answers? And I think that's the most confusing part. Like, if you're, if you're an Eagle and you're standing at your locker room after last night, you're like, what went wrong? Everything. Like, 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 like where do we point one thing out? And, and the problem for me is wh- who is going to stand up and say this is, this is the answer? And whether you like Brian Johnson or you didn't like his game plans, there was no identity. Like, Shane Steichen, right. you know, love him, hate him, whatever. He had, a, he, had, he had an identity, and it required the quarterback to run. And they did not do that all well, season. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's not. But whatever it is, it looked bad. All right, listen, I got to challenge both of you guys, both Wait. of you guys on this, because I get what you're saying. Player accountability. Yes. No problem, no problem, no problem. Well, whose job is it to hold the players accountable? It's the, it's coach. the coach. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, they missed 10 tackles last night. Yeah. Oh. 10. 10 tackles last night. You, Shannon Sharp, credit yeah. to you. You've been talking about what's been going on yeah. for weeks. Yes. The city of Philadelphia was getting on you. You hating all of this other stuff. You like, listen, man, you, you, you're tolerating stuff in the wind that you would never tolerate in the loss. This is what you're doing. And you were pointing out how they were missing tackles. So what, what I'm saying to both of you is this. I get the part about the player accountability. But how do you amend that? How do you correct that? You know what? By holding them accountable and not waiting until yeah. the last minute to correct. do so. They walk 
into this game. We looked at we looked at their front. You can get to the pass. Okay, that's fine. But what are you going to do with your safeties and linebackers? Y'all soft as cotton right. tissue. You can't. They can attack you all day long. Everybody for weeks and weeks and weeks. We're attacking the middle of the field. The Philadelphia Eagles throw it out. Run right at them. Make sure you get beyond their initial line of defense. And guess what? Their secondary is soft. This is what you can do. You knew this, right. and you come into this game and think about it. Think about the think about the the, the, the touchdowns that were scored. Look at the missed tackles. Yes. Yes. Every yeah. single score they had was because of a missed yeah. tackle. Well, how about this here? Since you want since, since you want me to get analytical, and I'll get analytical sure. for you. Just for a second. Go ahead. You said Todd Bowles bring pressure. Wink Martindale bring pressure. Hey, Saturday, how about this? Get your ass out of scat protection. Stop Amen. all that free release. You've got to bring an extra guy to pick up the extra bl- the, uh, uh, blitzer. You yep. try to get five guys out when your five offensive linemen can't protect. That's yep. why your quarterback keeps keep getting hit in his mouth or keep, keeps having to run for his life. So that's on that's uh, uh, Sirianni. That's Brian yep. Johnson. You know your offensive line that keep bringing one more than you can block. That's right. But for some reason, you want to get five guys. You want to get every eligible receiver out in a pass block. How about, you know what? Hey, I got to bring a tight end in. I got to keep the back end. So that way it's six on six, not six on five. And secondly, you thought Gardner Johnson keeps – this is how they think. This is how all football teams think like this. Okay. Everybody always think we can find somebody better than what we actually have. You didn't realize how good Gardner Johnson was until he wasn't there. And now look at your secondary and look at him in Detroit. That's the difference. Because everybody always thinks we can get better, we can get better when you have very good in your living room. But you're not satisfied with that. The Eagles secondary has been bad because they can't hold up. And now the initial rush can't get there as quick as they did last year. When you can't turn the team over and you're turning it over, Therein lies the problem. But it wasn't until the car completely, completely ran out of gas or yeah, the check engine light down. or whatever broke down, that's when you're like, man, we got a problem. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Shay, let me ask you this. So after losing six of their last seven games, and, and we told you earlier how the season started, 10-1, and one, should Sirianni be out in Philly? No. No. Not after one, not after one season. Uh, I'm gonna give him an opportunity. Hire Roseman need to do a better job of fulfilling that back end. I'm gonna be very surprised if that secondary is intact the way it is because it's not very good. Um, they have some young. I mean, Fletcher Cox is getting older. Brandon Graham is getting older, and so Kelsey's they, retired. K- Kelsey's retiring. Mm-hmm. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson still playing at at an MVP level, but they're gonna have to get back to what they was. And I understand you want a natural uh, uh, progression with your quarterback to not nearly as, to run as much as he once did, but that's who they are. That's In right. order for you to maximize what Jalen Hurts is and what this offense is capable of, he's going to have to, you're going to have to uh, have some of those runs, those built-in runs in there Saturday. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the way Absolutely. you're going to have to do it. But defensively, they need a major overhaul because that defense isn't very good at all. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I agree with it. Here, here's the thing about the Sirianni thing. And, and, I'm just, and so um, I, I am not one for firing coaches. I, you know, I, I don't think just because you fire one, you're going to find one better. It depends on who you're going to hire, all those kinds of things. But I will say this. If I had to compare the debacle in, in Philly versus the debacle in Dallas, I would say I would I would say the one in Philly was much worse than the one in Dallas because of the cliff they fell off 
after being 10 and 1 to going to losing 6 of 7 and getting boat raced in the playoffs. The, the Cowboys, they had an embarrassing game. I get it, but it's a game as opposed to an embarrassing half of a season. And so if, if you're Philly and the chatter coming out of Philly has been on Sirianni, I would say that would be, that would be the one uh, that I would be probably be least surprised if, if one of those two happened. Let me say this to both of you. Um, I'm going to challenge both of y'all with this. Okay. I get where you're coming from. And I, it, on its face, especially the point that you brought up, Jeff, I completely agree. Dallas is a bad game. The Eagles bad at second half of the season. Mm-hmm. I get that part. Okay. But here's what I would challenge both of y'all to understand. You have a situation. If you're looking at Sirianni and you're saying because of this, after getting him to the Super Bowl last year, he should be fired. No, he shouldn't be fired. I'm with you. That's not the issue. The issue is, is there something better out there? You see, when you've got Bill Belichick and you've got Jim Harbaugh, and the reason I bring up Jim Harbaugh is not because he's the reigning defending national champion at the University of Michigan, who now just got interviewed by the Chargers, okay? I'm thinking about the Jim Harbaugh that was the coach of the San Francisco 49ers for four years and got the three NFC championship games in the Super Bowl appearance. And if time had not run out, you have some people who believe Colin Kaepernick and them brothers would have won the Super Bowl. I'm not of that thinking. I thought Baltimore would win, but nevertheless, we know they came back in the second half of that Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh was coaching that team. What I'm saying to y'all is this. If you have two coaches that are championship caliber coaches that are available on the open market who you surmise, that would not happen to this collapse, this lack of tackling, this lack of focus, just things falling apart because two coordinators leaves you and now it's on you're on your own and we saw what you were last year compared to what you were now without them. And I'm seeing a guy like Bill Belichick, a six-time champion. And I'm seeing a reigning defending national champion, both on the market. Now it gets interesting. There's a difference between saying this coach needs to be fired because this happened over the last seven weeks. I'm with y'all. You keep Sirianni if that's your, if that's your litmus test. But you're usually saying, okay, is something better. And when you look at Belichick and you look at Harbaugh and you have the opportunity to get one of those guys – I ask the question again, do you just simply dismiss a Siri, a, 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 the notion that Sirianni should be replaced if one of those dudes are somebody I could get? How are they going to work with Howie Roseman? That's fair. Are you willing to move That's on fair. from Howie Roseman? Because we saw the contentious relationship that ended up happening with Trent Baalke and Jim Harbaugh. Or Chip Jim, Kelly when he was with Howie Roseman. Right, right. Oh, and Coach Belichick. That's right. Coach Belichick hasn't had to have a general manager oversee him okay. in a quarter century. Right. So how are those guys going to work? Saturday you know that's that's a very important relationship also. The general manager and the head coach is as important as the general uh, is the head coach and the quarterback. So that's the issue right there, Stephen A. How are they going to work with Howie Roseman? Okay. Because once he wrestled power back, Jeffrey Lurie, that's his right-hand man. That's right. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, I'm, if, 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 Bill, if Belichick says, I will come to the Eagles, I think you have a real conversation about – I'm going to move on. If Jim Harbaugh says, I will be an Eagles, I'll be the next Eagles head coach, I think you have a real conversation. I think fishing beyond that, going to try to find an upgrade, to your point, doesn't make a lot of sense. I will say this about the Roseman thing, though. You, you know, Lori makes the final call. If, if Bill Belichick walks in the room and says, I'm going to be the guy, but I'm not going to answer, I'm going to answer to you, and here's how we're going to do it, and Roseman will bring the guys and, and we'll, we'll create a structure, but I'm answering only to you. If, if, if you're the owner, you're telling me you wouldn't say, 
Stand, let's go, because uh, I'd be hard-pressed. I'd be hard I don't care what about the right-hand man. If it's about right. winning, that's what you're going to try to go do. See, that, that, that's the columnist to me. That's the columnist to me, because a lot that's of times people question. go, fire the coach, fire the coach, fire. I'm like, no, it's not about firing the coach. It's about, oh, my God, who could I get? He is available. You got to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're up against it. Going to leave it there, guys. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Oh, it's getting juicy with the quick takes. So the Falcons announced on their social media pages that they conducted an interview with Bill Belichick. Stephen A., should Belichick be the most sought-after head coach candidate? I'm not going to go that far because I think Harbaugh obviously has to be up there, no doubt about that. But I would tell you this, um, if you're the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, you should definitely give that a hard look. Mm. If you're the Atlanta Falcons, if you're Bill Belichick, you shouldn't even think about them because they don't have a quarterback. And we've seen what Bill Belichick is offensively without a quarterback. So you don't want to go that route. But with Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts in Dallas and Philadelphia, respectively, if you put Bill Belichick in that situation, I think that would be something that should be strong. Only 
Real quick, Quaco. Jeff, would you put Harbaugh and Belichick in the same breath? Ooh, not yet. No, yeah. I, I think I think Harbaugh. I, w- I mean, I think the one thing about Harbaugh though that is different, and I think Stephen A. makes a good point, is longevity. If you're looking at this thing for five, eight years, whatever it is, the longevity of Harbaugh, I think Belichick three years maybe, and and he's trying to develop somebody to come in. I think he wants to hit that record. That would be my my issue of, of putting the two in the same comparison. Jay, you want in you, on this? Well, you look at Dallas's defense. You give Coach Belichick that defense with that level of talent. I just don't know if Jerry is willing to share any oxygen in the room with a Coach Belichick. Yeah. What uh, what about I think me personally, I I view it differently than than Shannon, uh, Jeff, and Molly because Jerry Jones loves to talk and Bill Belichick hates to talk. I think, it's just that simple. Bill Belichick would be like, I coach the football team. Go ahead and yeah. talk all you want to. As long as you don't interfere with me and these players, I'm good. But he going to interfere right. with him and the players. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if I'm Arthur Blank, that dude ain't getting out of my, yeah. from my building. Or what about Philly? Or what about even Buffalo? The Bills ran their way into the divisional playoffs, defeating the Steelers 31-17 to as Josh Allen accounted for all four of the Bills' touchdowns in the win. Buffalo racked up their most rushing yards in a playoff game since the 1995 season, we're throwing it way back. Josh, Go. you're moving on. Well, I mean, I think we're playing at a comfortable level because of the uncomfortable situations that we've been in this last six, seven weeks. Um, you know, it's almost a, a sense of our breath of fresh air knowing that everybody's in the same position that we are, we've, we have been, you know, win or go home. And um, to be in that situation, like I said, the, the dividends that it's going to pay off, um, and I think you kind of saw that tonight of, you know, we were cool, calm, and collected, and nobody, nobody blinked, and we just kind of went out there and did our job, and we're going to con- need to continue to do that. All right, so here's the deal, folks. Josh Allen now has three career playoff games with four touchdowns, zero turnovers, tied with the manhole battle next Sunday. Patrick Mahomes and the Hall of Famer Joe Montana for the most in postseason history. All right, Shannon, you're up first. What did Allen in the Bills prove in this win? Well, the – for me, they didn't tell, tell us a whole lot because of what we already knew. When Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills protect the football, they can go on the road or they can play at home and beat any team. It's when he turns the football over is that he goes down to the level of competition or he raises the level of competition up to them. When he takes care of the football, the problem is it's not, it's not just one. He'll turn it over once, two, three, four times in the blink of an eye. And he's normally turning it over, putting the ball in harm's way. They're about to get points. He's throwing interceptions in his end zone. They're going to get three at worst-case scenario. They're going to get three points, and all of a sudden they get no points on it. But when he plays like he played yesterday because he has a big-time arm, he can make every throw, one hash, all the way to the far sideline, and his ability Mm. to get out of harm's way. That's what's so dangerous about this team is that you can have everybody covered. And then he'll take off and get a first down when it's third and 17 or hit his head on the goalpost from 50 yards away because he has that kind of legs and that kind of ability. So when they take care of the football, the Buffalo Bills are as dangerous as any team that's currently in the playoffs is that more times than not, he's put this team in harm's way with his recklessness with the football. I think what Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills proved yesterday is that they can win the Super Bowl. They can get to a Super Bowl. They can win the Super Bowl. It was just the fourth time that Josh Allen hasn't turned the, fo- the football over 
in, in the last 18 games, right. just the fourth time. So so we understand that when he doesn't turn the ball over, they're, they're an entirely different team, and we get that. You look at a Stephon Diggs, the man you – know, Josh Allen's don't – you know, he's accounted for 24 of their 29 touchdowns over the course of the last few <coughs> years in the playoffs, right? Not a single one of them have gone to Stephon Diggs, all right, uh, you know, over the last few years. But nevertheless, he's still doing what he's doing because he's still a weapon. Stephon Diggs is a weapon. Gabe Davis didn't even play yesterday. You got a situation right now. Ultimately, he'll be back, you, right. you, you assume. They can run – the football with Cook. They obviously could pass the football with Diggs and others, including that kid Shakur that, you know, obviously fits you that know, two tight ends there the, with the, Dawson, and and Dawson and Dawson. No doubt about it. So you've got all of that going on, right? And you know that they've improved defensively. So you take all of those things into consideration. Now here's what you want. The city of Buffalo, Bills Mafia, and everybody else in between have been clamoring for the Kansas City Chiefs to have to come to Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. You sit up there. So that's your nemesis right there, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You overcome that hump. Can Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills go on the road for an AFC championship game and win against somebody not named Patrick Mahomes? I think we all believe it's possible. Yes. And so in that regard, I think the answer to this question is the Bills proved they could go out there and potentially win a Super Bowl. I'll say this. I agree with you, Stephen. They, they looked great. But I also agree with Shannon. It, it was because of how Allen played that makes them a true contender. But let, let, let's just make sure that we, we say this, because I, I, I'm going to say this. When, when they got rid of Ken Dorsey, I had a major issue with it. And I thought, man, this is silly. You know, the numbers. But Brady has done an, a fantastic job Brady, yeah. of putting the ball, who's now their offensive coordinator, of putting the ball in Cook's hands. And the way that their offense has developed from that is it has allowed other players to be major strikes down the field. It doesn't only have to be Diggs. And, again, they got Diggs involved early last night, which I thought was a great plan, and they executed it to perfection. The scary part about this team is what Josh Allen can do, whether it's pull it and tote it and make the ugly three-yard carry on a fourth and three or the 56-yard touchdown that he ran, he's capable of both. And it's going to require that to beat a defense like Kansas City or to beat a defense on the road uh, like the Baltimore Ravens. What he, and he's going to have to be a risk-it type guy. You know, the, 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 the risk-it biscuit that B.A. used to talk about is, is so, you know, impactful in this conversation because you're going to have to take some risk against these next two defenses. It's a matter if he accepts that and plays to that same level he did last night. Because if he does, that's a scary team and a very tough out. All right. Let's get to the team that they beat. Though he's under contract through the 2024 season, Mike Tomlin's future with the organization after an NFL record 17 consecutive non-losing seasons as head coach has been the subject of major speculation. So after losing the Bills last night, Tomlin was focused on the result and not his future. I appreciate the efforts of our guys in there. I just told them that, um, but efforts don't get it done. Um, so let's talk tangibly about why we weren't successful. Um, you know, we spotted them early um, in the football game uh, via the turnovers. Can't come into an environment like this versus a playoff caliber team and, and turn the ball over like that and, and, um, and expect to be competitive. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. 
Bye-bye. Uh, the Steelers have now lost five straight playoff games, extending their longest postseason losing streak in franchise history. The five losses have been by an average of 13.6 points per game. All right, S.A., I know this is your team. Uh, what's your reaction to Tomlin walking off there? Um, he's clearly uh, – that's clearly not a subject that he wants to entertain at this particular moment with the media. Um, he's been there for 17 years. He's beyond trying to make folks feel good or appease anybody. That's not who he is. He's a real one. Make no mistake about it. And he's not going to sit up there and dance around an issue or lie about it. If he doesn't want to address it, he's not going to want to address it. And I'm not. I'm quite sure that's not the first time he was asked that question. He knew what was coming. Um, and it's something that he refused to address. He damn near rolled his eyes for crying out loud. If he had kept <laughs> the camera on him long enough. I'm going to say something right now because I love me some Mike Tomlin. I'm a Steelers fan and I am a, I'm an even bigger fan of his. And I'm not going to sit up here for one second and tell you that the man deserves to be fired. 17 straight uh, uh, you know, seasons of, of, of having a 500 or better record. Um, listen, that's something to be said. But we also have to be real and fair. What would we say about any other coach if since 2010 your record is 3-8 and eight in the postseason, mm. you haven't won a playoff game since 2016, all right? And, and you know, and, and you have six one-and-done postseasons. Yes. It's not about you being fired. It's about is it time for a new voice? Is it time for you? To, be, to move on because we know the man deserves to be a head coach in the National Football League. Yes. But it also, the only way to answer the question, because we know it's about a quarterback. We know that Ben Roethlisberger stayed a couple of years too long, and we know that the succession plan that was in place wasn't much of a plan at all in terms of finding that quarterback. Who was responsible for that? If it's Mike Tomlin, then any heat that comes his way unfortunately is deserved. If it wasn't Mike Tomlin and it was somebody else, whether it was Cole, you know, Cole, Colbert, uh, you know, from years ago. Or the Rooney family Or the Rooney family themselves. If it wasn't Tomlin and it was somebody else, then those people are the ones who deserve the heat because we all know with the personnel that the Steelers have had in place, Najee Harris in the backfield, constantly having wide receivers this year, Pickens and Deontay Johnson's Fryermuth at the tight end spot, okay? You've got guys on the defensive side of Clearly, it's not a lack of personnel anywhere else. It's been about your lack of a quarterback. That is what has, you know, disabled and derailed the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whoever's responsible for that is who should be held accountable. But in the end, since you are the head coach, 3-8 and eight in the playoffs since 2010, six straight one-and-dones in a postseason, that cannot be ignored. Mike Tomlin is a head coach. He's a leader of men and deserves to be a head coach in the National Football League. But it is not beyond the pale for the city of for Pittsburgh to say, or to at least ask the question, whether or not it's time for him to go. And that's the best answer I can give. You're absolutely right. Because they keep saying Mike Tomlin has 17 non-losing seasons. It's not about not losing. It's about winning, damn it. The Pittsburgh Steelers are about winning championships, and Mike Tomlin hasn't won one in a very, very long time. Kenny Pickett, who they selected in the first round, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are picketing, not Kenny Pickett. <laughs> so the question is, Stephen A., if the quarterback is not the answer, does Mike Tomlin want to start over again, which is a very daunting task? Because the likelihood of them going into the draft and getting another C.J. Stroud in this draft, like Texans got C.J. Stroud last year, is not very likely. Right. So with that being said, yes, he should want to move on. 
Sometimes, sometimes it's just time for a change of scenery, a new voice, because they've heard all the, he's very matter of fact, got great cliches, great sayings, but sometimes it's starting to fall on deaf ears. And so I asked the Pittsburgh Steelers, at what point in time does not losing justify someone be still being in place because it shouldn't be about not losing it should be about winning and the Steelers haven't done that long enough of, I mean excuse me enough of that to justify Mike Tomlin still being up there well he has he hadn't lost he's never lost had a losing season that's the Pittsburgh Steelers do we understand what that means to be a Steeler yeah I'm, I'm going to say it this way. I, I, if Tomlin wants to leave, I, I, would, I would tip my cap and say he's done an incredible job. And, and wherever he wants to go, people are going to ingratiate them to their organization. But I will say this. A quarterback cures a lot of ails. A lot of postseason losses comes because of the quarterback position, right? So when you think about that position in particular, if you're Mike Tomlin, I think the mental fatigue of having to find all these different ways to win repeatedly, week after week after week, I mean, the, the, the people won and fired from three years ago and all those kind of – because exactly your point, Shannon, eight, eight and eight ain't good enough, right? Nine and eight ain't good enough. We want, we want success in the playoffs, and I totally understand that. But that position has been a failure for this organization for a number of years. They, if, if I'm Tomlin, I'm beating my table for whoever I want. Otherwise, I'll probably you know, give the, hey, I enjoyed what? it, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. One quick point, guys. I don't want to hear if you're Tomlin who seems to be a football lifer and is relatively young, by yeah. the way. I don't want to hear, oh, he might take a year off or need a break. Yeah. Not with potentially Dallas, Philadelphia, and, right. and, and obviously the Chargers are, are available, available. Because could you well, yeah. imagine Mike Tomlin co coaching one of those teams? Yeah. Yeah. Well, teams would certainly be clamoring yes, for him yes, if he decides yes, to leave. Yes. Their last playoff game was 2016 at the Chiefs. That was the divisional round. We'll leave it there, guys. Hey, I'm Molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today that's macy's.com slash gift finder thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day hey molly karam here and thanks so much for listening to the first take podcast when you're on a business trip you know what goes completely off the rails your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym so what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups sit-ups in your room run around the block or you just skip it entirely lame if you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. 
Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. At 22 years old, C.J. Stroud became the youngest starting quarterback to win a playoff game, leading the Texans to their largest playoff victory in a 45-14 victory over the Browns. Those 45 points are the most scored in a playoff game against the number one team in total defense. How about another impressive debut? Packers quarterback Jordan Love was near perfect versus the boys. Love threw for 272, three, two, uh, three TDs without an interception and helped deliver the huge upset win. Okay, Jeff, you get to start first, all right? Uh, better playoff yeah. debut, sir. Are you going Love or Stroud? I'm going Stroud. I'm going Stroud in a big way. Listen, this kid, the number one defense came to town, and they said, we've looked at numbers. We're going to play man coverage because C.J. Stroud is, is like 26 in the league against man, and we know he's first in the league against zone. And you know what he did? He ran him out of man. And you know what he did when they went to zone? He ran him out of zone. You know what he did when he went to man? Ran him out of man. That dude absolutely balled. He played lights out and had this team on fire. The guy could not be rattled. Tunsil did a fantastic job at the tackle spot against Garrett. Gave him protection. These guys ran it decently when they did run it. But make no mistake. This was put on the arm of a rookie quarterback to go make plays against the number one defense. And that dude said, I'll do it and then some. Tip of the cap, because I will say, Stephen A., you called it and you said it. Last week, you were talking to me. You said, hey, I think Stroud – and I I was like, man, against that man coverage, I'm nervous. I just don't know. I'm not sure if the pressure is going to get to him. Wasn't no pressure. That dude couldn't handle it. He looked – fantastic and had the best performance. I'm just telling you, it was a thing of beauty. I got to tell y'all this. They were absolutely sensational, both of them. Both of them had identical 157.2 passer ratings. We get all of that. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Jordan Love. Your first playoff game, I'm not taking anything away from C.J. Stroud because I think he's a stud. And remember, I said I was on the record a couple weeks ago. There's only two quarterbacks in the NFL I definitively would take ahead of him, Mm -hmm. which is Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. You can throw Josh Allen in there when he's not turning the ball over, but he has turned the ball over a lot more often than not. And C.J. Stroud doesn't do that. One percentage interception rate. One interception for every 100 passes this guy has thrown. It's unbelievable. Just unbelievable. But Jordan Love. Think about it this way, guys. They're the seventh seed. He's on the road against Dallas in his first playoff game. Mm -hmm. And he is the successor to Aaron Rodgers. And he goes into Dallas and plays the way that he played. Throwing to a bevy of receivers. Now, obviously, Aaron Jones is running the football phenomenally well. He showed up and showed out, no doubt about that. And, And they were just running all over Dallas. We get all of that. But you can't take away from what he was doing as well. True. And that's why I say road game, succeeding Aaron Rodgers, 
and how he looked in succeeding Aaron Rodgers in his first playoff game. I, I said I, it was love for me. You're right. Both guys played unbelievable, but I'm going Jordan Love also because we understand what the Cowboys. Oh. We understand, but understand uh, on Saturday, the Cowboys' defense at home, what they do, they turn you over, they pressure you, pressure you. And as they brought more and more pressure, Jordan Love says, I love this. Give me more. And I'll stand back here and I'll throw off my back foot. As a matter of fact, I'll jump in the air and I'll throw another touchdown pass on you if you keep blitzing me. He was, since both guys, like you said, both guys because the exact same. I mean, they were basically two yards apart, three touchdowns. Yeah. 272 to 274, 157.2 uh, uh, passer rating. But what Jordan Love did on the road in Dallas with, man, yeah, give me, jo- give me Jordan Love. I- because he had, think about it, we're still talking about, we're still talking about that job that he did on the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's about to lose his job. He might lose his job because of what Jordan Love did to that defense. And, and right, by, right, the way, Jeff, by the I'm way, by the way, Jeff, I can't this. ignore I can't ignore that Flacco gave him 14 points. I mean, back to back pick sixes. I mean, my God. Okay. I, I, I mean, just talk about giving away whatever we saw from Flacco in those last five weeks, four <laughs> of those last five weeks. I, I agree. mean, we that, see that but, Saturday. But let's say let but let's say, let, let's say let's say this: the Cowboys, as good as they've been on defense at home. Whatever plan that, that, that Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy came up with to play six DBs or more the whole game and didn't think that Aaron Jones – Aaron Jones toted that. That first drive was, I'm going to smoke you, and you got no answer for it, which, again, we know opens up that backfield because there is fear in your eyes. You better get down and try to make some tackles, which oh, – you saw how many blown assignments Dallas had. And, again, both guys played off the charts. This is not a slight – we're splitting heads. Here, yeah, but yeah, I will exactly. say the run game for the Packers was why I went with Stroud because Stroud didn't have that same luxury. It was put on that arm, go make those plays, and to your point, Stephen A., don't turn it over against that Cleveland defense the way Flacco did. But I'm a, both kids played lights well, out, but that Aaron Jones run game well, to me tipped it the scales towards Stroud. I, I feel you. I get where you're coming from, just like Flacco's pick sixes tipped the yeah. scales for me. So, yeah. so that's how I looked at it. But no time take anything away from C.J. Stroud as a stud. Uh, you know, uh, under pressure, 118 yards oh. uh, passing, and, and, you know, seven of eight passes for 118 yards. Give credit where credit is due. But I want to say this to you, Jeff, about Jordan Love, man. Last nine games dating back to November, Shannon, 21 touchdowns, one interception. One interception. Yep. All right, and on third down since week nine, 13 touchdowns, not a single interception. Yep. Yeah. We're paying attention. This is not a one-game fluke. No, Jordan no. Love, Jordan Love is the real deal. Right. And, yep. it looks like, and it looks like Green Bay made the right decision in moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said he was ready. Yep. He's ready. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, but the, the, the thing is, is that Saturday, when you look at Dan Quinn, this is the way he likes to play. He likes to play safety and linebacker spots because he wants speed on the field. Because he feels he can pressure you with four. Occasionally, he'll bring an extra guy. But he feels he can pressure you with four to five guys, have those smallish mm-hmm. guys. But Aaron Jones did run the football downhill, and you have those uh, guards starting to scoop up on safeties. That's, that's, that's another yeah. issue. But the, the poise that he showed. And the way that offensive line did a great job of protecting him, and he was just picking them apart. Oh, because they yeah. know Gilly. They know Gilly what he likes to do. He likes to undercut routes That's on right. the over routes. And That's so right. what we're going to do is that we're going to start you on the over route, and then we're going to hit you with the sail. 
That's and right. And then he's still going to the, uh, the over, and now all of a sudden Dobbs is back to the sale. That's yeah. why he was so wide I, open. Hey, how about Aiken. this, too, Shannon? How about, the, how about them two tight ends for Green Bay, bro? Yeah. Not only bringing that hat to block, True. but pass catchers. I mean, dude, they are they, they are built for the future now. This team yeah. is this yes. team is looking they good. Are. Yes. I looked, yes. I, I looked at Green Bay, and I found myself saying, we've been talking about Dallas, Philadelphia, San yeah. Francisco, and I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers right now, Ooh. and I'm like, yeah. they're going to be here. And, yeah. and Stephen they, A., they're yeah. going to be they, here. They're the youngest team in the NFL. Listen. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, love, that is crazy. Love wow. knows how to light folks up, just yes. like Stephen A. on his podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.